everyone. Welcome back to But Why Though, the podcast, where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Make sure you head over to our Facebook, facebook.com slash butwhythoughpc, and our Twitter on Instagram, at butwhythoughpc. We definitely want to get more involved with you all, and we want to hear your fan but why those. Let us know. We'll put it up on the website. Also, if you want to support us a little bit more, head on over to our Patreon. There you'll get access to all of our research notes, early released episodes, as well as a whole bunch of stuff that I cut out from the episode. So if you want extra content, go ahead and head over there. And if you subscribe at the $3 level, you also get some merch. I am in the process of sending stuff out to people right now, and I'm looking to get more stuff done. But if a monthly subscription is just too much, we also have some t-shirts. Go ahead and get one, send us your picture in it, and we'll post it up on our website. But we here at But Why Though want you to know that just you listening is as important as it gets. So share us with your friends, share us with your grandma, share us with whoever you can. Play us while you're at work and make your entire place listen to us. We appreciate it and we love you guys. Also, this is going to be a two-parter. We got into an awesome conversation with our special guest, Suara Saleh of the Beltway Banthas podcast. And I just didn't think it was good to cut out an entire hour and a half of conversation just to meet our time. So... Here it goes. Hey everyone, today we're talking about pretty much the gold standard in comic TV universes nowadays. We're talking about the CW-verse. That includes Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? Matt. Hello. And an extra special CW-verse fandom stan flag fanboy, I don't know, (laughs) and also a co-host of Beltway Banthas, a Star Wars and politics podcast, and a upstarting contributor at DC TV uh, Podcasts. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, good. good. We're glad to have you back, Troy. Yeah. You're awesome. I'm very I'm happy glad to, to be back. I'm glad to meet you too, Matt. Finally, I was, like, I was you not on the actual other podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you don't watch Game of Thrones, right? You need Correct. to fix that, man. <laughs> so I've been told multiple times. I think with that, we'll transition into representation as about why though itself. Um, when I was thinking about rep- how like the show does representation, of course, by representation, I just mean of, um, you know, minorities and women, uh, sexual orientations and stuff like that. There isn't a whole lot of it that um, I think stands out, but I think the ones that do stand out do stand out very strongly, uh, specifically with Legends, because Legends kind of just puts all of the um, odd people out, I guess, into the show. So you get a lot more of it. Kate, do you want to talk a little bit about it on Legends? Yeah, so the the big thing that I love about Legends is so there's this idea of like colorblind casting where where you mm-hmm. cut where you cast people of color but you don't ne- necessarily explore what that means for that character being that race in that universe. So you don't really get anything there, um, which happens a lot in Flash, Supergirl, and um, and Arrow. But in Legends, because they're time traveling, they don't abide by the most egregious thing. I think time traveling shows does is when you have a black character and they yeah. step off that and they step off the ship in the 1950s, he's not going to have a good time. 
Um, and yeah. Legends explores that, and he and he, and the people are very vocal about that. And they also do that not only with race, but they also do it with women. The fa- and Sarah mm-hmm. bears the brunt of a lot of this because not only is she a woman, but she's also a gay woman. And so, like, which is still, I'm sorry, she, just she's a bi woman because yeah. she. I how did they that change? I guess so fast. Yeah. So so the reason I so the reason I say. Like, I would see her, I know that they keep saying that she's bi, which she mm-hmm. isn't when she comes onto Arrow because she was with Arrow. She literally left she, to go on a venture with all. But then she has five years with Nyssa. Well, I know, but so it's kind of like. not you, that fast. And she tries to have sex with, like, all of the char- female characters whenever they time travel. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when she comes back sure. into Arrow that first season, her and Oliver get together. Yeah. Quite a but, bit. But yeah. I, th- I think it's the fact that, like, I don't think it's necessarily a change. It's just that. It's you don't have to change. You've just been attracted to both. Well, the only reason I say that is because you. That's what being sorry. That's what being bi is. It means that you're attracted to either or across your lifetime. Well, the only reason I said that was because, like, now when you hear talk like on Legends or anything else, it's literally, well, I like women. I like women. And it was like, okay, the first, literally, the first two years of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden it's a straight hard line, and then you are now our gay character. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. yeah. So, Wait, but on Legends in season one, like at the end, she had a kiss with Snart, and there was an attraction there. That was true, even yeah. though it was more, yeah. But I think that was just a kiss with Snart. I don't think it was anything like like they like overwhelmingly they show specifically in season two she has okay. sex with every woman that she meets. Well, yeah, that's what yeah, she, she Captain Kirk's the shit out of it. Exactly. <laughs> and it's awesome. And this is where it's it goes awesome. to like representation awesome. yeah. of yes, you know yes. uh, of you know uh, of LGBTQ plus characters. Like yes, they do not yes. shy away from it. They don't just say that she has relationships with women. Like. She has relationships with women and you see it happen yes. and she's unashamed of it. And I think a lot of that has to do with her traveling back in time and having to be in these time periods where she sees how shameful it like how 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 shamed people are who like members mm-hmm. of the same sex. Um like yeah. uh, in the same arc that you have um Jackson going back in the 50s um dealing with with a lot of racist stuff you also have her mm-hmm. going in as an orderly and dealing with um homophobic stuff as well mm-hmm. and so it's really interesting how they see how they handle it but you're absolutely right matt it does change from her being bi and more her just being a lesbian um yeah. And I don't know why necessarily, because even was it in the invasion episode of yeah. Arrow, she tells a uh, dream Laurel that she prefers girls. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like it went from oh, like I went with okay, I went with yeah. Tessa, then I come back and I'm all with Oliver, all through Oliver, and then all of a sudden like I don't all like girl. girls. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We also have weird. Curtis too, so I don't want to like discredit Curtis. Oh no, 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 Curtis. Yeah. Curtis I, hasn't, he hasn't come up. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. coming with that because it's just hard, like flip and it's not like oh i'm a bi character all of a sudden it's like yeah, right I mean, I mean the thing is like i have like bi friends and i just like notice that it's like it, it's, it's not like be, being bi means that like you go back and forth necessarily yeah. but rather that as the way i understand it and listeners if anyone's bi or gay like please like message me and let me know let us all know honestly like let us us all know because like yeah none of us are uh, lgbt so like we aren't like the best people to speak on this uh but you know just in general i'm saying like uh (laughs) um but yeah the way i understand it bi means that throughout your lifetime you're attracted to both men and women so maybe 
Sarah, as a bi woman, just happened to, you know, start to prefer, you know, sleeping with women throughout the her uh, travels. And or maybe she also found it fun, like being able to defy that time stream and defy yeah. that norm. So maybe that's like, maybe that figures into it as well. Um, but like, I, but I think it's like important just to like, distinct her as a bi character because representation yeah. of that specific group is important and I think has been lost yeah. in a lot of conversation and media stuff. Like from the people I've talked to that like he said that basically it's like we're attracted to men or women and just kind of like who's attractive whatnot yeah. and it gotcha. seems like her she turned into a whole draw yeah. a line that's why I was kind of like okay. Because they do only stress their female relationships like it. it that's true. That, like, yeah. that is like and, yeah. and I have heard some critique about it and it was the same so John Berman who plays Malcolm Merlin is mm -hmm. uh, he is a bi character in the Doctor Who universe um, yeah. in Doctor Who and in Torchwood and one of the critiques that they had about his character that they also have about Sarah's is that there's this assumption that people who are bisexual are inherently hypersexual um, right. And not able to stay in relationships because they're always doing yeah. that. And so a lot of people yeah. didn't like how they how they did that with Jack Harkness. And so they really liked mm -hmm. that they were able to put mm -hmm. him in a relationship on Torchwood that was committed and devoted. And then so there is some of that gripe with Sarah, which mm -hmm. I see. And like, I obviously can't speak to that. And so I don't want to take I, I don't want to invalidate that argument. But like with what Adrian said, I really love that they Captain Kirk her. Because yeah. she's I mean, very, I, I'll she's be honest, I don't like the captain. I mean, I don't like that they captain character because, like, every time she, she time travels, I'm like, okay, who's she? Like, what what women are like? Are they going to put in history for her to like to go sleep with? And it'd be the same way, like, if they had Oliver do it. Like, I like just yeah. get along. It's like it's it's more of a trope now than it is mm -hmm. like her being representation. Which yeah, is why I, I like, agree. which is why I like Curtis's relationship because Curtis is a black gay man, and yeah. they they go really really hard into like his relationship and how it affects his marriage with Paul. Yeah. Yeah, so I really like Curtis's representation in in this, uh, yeah. and and this is too like this like really 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 loves Sarah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like I think she'd be really hurt knowing what Sarah's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I guess for me, like specifically seeing Sarah as a woman in this situation, I like it because a lot of the times women aren't allowed to express their sexuality, and I just I don't mean their sexual preference, but their actual sexuality in being sexual beings. Right, a lot yeah. of the time like that's not okay and so yeah. i like that it's happening with her but i totally see adrian's critique as yeah. valid yeah i just don't I want it to get like overused you know i don't want that i don't yeah. want it to get i don't want to get what you're saying what you like to be lost like in season three where it's like oh well she's gonna go have sex with another woman in this you know whenever yeah. they jump back in time no. i want it to still yeah. be impactful and powerful that they yeah. are doing it you know what i mean yeah no i agree i just i just really like seeing a sex positive yeah. woman on the screen but i totally yeah. agree with what you're saying yeah. like, that makes perfect sense um yeah. and then just from I, I don't think we have it written down here and i just thought about it right now um diggle and lila being an interracial couple i think is super great yes. and yes. west allen yeah and west allen yeah um just because interracial baby uh, and uh <laughs> wally west and jackie quick yep jesse quick yeah whatever oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess I, I, I think i think diggle and and, and lila just jumped out because they have like a kid so i think that's why that one jumped out a little bit more to me right because i'm a brown white baby <laughs> <laughs> like i personally just really like diggle and lila's relationship for a number of reasons like it it's my mm -hmm. pinnacle for relationships in the cw verse but like it is it is really important to see interracial couples like i mean obviously mm -hmm. if you've seen your twitter profiles and stuff like matt and i are interracial like it's just like 
it it's there and i really like that that it is in this universe mm -hmm. yeah i'm all about it uh anything else we're missing that you can think of uh not we... Not only thing is, I kind of felt bad that Cart Curtis, for being as smart as he was, seemed to be totally clueless on his marriage. Of like, oh, I'm about to go. He's about oh, to go. Choose yeah, me and come me back, so and he gets divorce sad. papers. Like, did you actually yeah. think that was gonna work? That, made that me one was so kind of rough. Sad. I was, I was like, <laughs> yeah, wait, like, just, what happened? I forgot. Oh, so in season five, basically Curtis takes on uh, the Ma Mr. Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific, yeah, yeah. and his husband does not like this at all, and basically yeah. makes an ultimatum to him. And Curtis goes, well, I want to be Mr. Terrific Ghost. And all of a sudden, throughout this whole time, Curtis feels he can have both wives. And then he finally gets a, basically a call from his husband after a few weeks going, hey, let's go to dinner and stuff. And this whole time, he's like, we're getting back together. Paul understood. We're going to do all this stuff. And everybody's like around him like, this is not what's going to happen. Like, why do you think this is a good thing? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And he goes in there and gets served div divorce papers. And it's like a total yeah. shell shock to him. Yeah. yeah I, really am so, rough. I am so happy I do not watch this show. <laughs> like, like the uh, logic behind that just kind of blew me off yeah, of like did, how I did you think this was gonna happen i didn't like curtis like not like just kind of being oblivious to it but i i, I totally understood why paul did that like oh I, no i understood yeah, paul. yeah, yeah. I like i'm hardline like if, if you're in a relationship with a superhero but you know that they're a superhero you do not get to tell them to change and tell them to not be a superhero the way they do it on the flash yes you don't get to do that and but if you're in a relationship right. with a superhero and you don't know they're a superhero and then they tell it to you, I'm totally behind you saying, I can't do this. I didn't sign on for you to be like reaching an early death, like get out and make your decisions based on that. So, yeah, but it made it's me like sad because I did like it's them. like if you find out someone had a kid and they didn't know they had a kid, you, you talk mm. about you leave them. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll use that. Well, <laughs> Uh, before we transition, we did mention it earlier, but um, the cool. Hispanic representation on the show is really, really great. And for Kate and I, that's also obviously like very important. Um, Renee is amazing. I love Renee. I love that actor. It's I love the coach. Arrow season five. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Cisco, Cisco is obviously great. Palmer get together. Oh yeah, that's right. And they're actually right. married oh, for like yeah. three years. Yeah, they are. They have that entire life in. It's, it's in the fifties, right? That they get left. Yeah, they get left. Yeah. In the, but it's in the fake. Yeah. It's not real because oh, destiny and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my God. We'll, we'll, we'll use that to transition. Yeah. We'll use that to transition into relationships. We've talked a little. We've talked a lot about this, so we won't. I don't think we'll spend too much time on it. But I think Hold the on. biggest. I, I do want to say though, like Adrian, like. Like just to point out that there is a lot of racial representation in the show, like an mm -hmm. astound, like a whole bunch, especially when you compare it to all the other CW shows that are overwhelmingly white. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, for right, sure. There is still whitewashing yeah, yeah. that happens with like Rachel Ghoul and stuff, but when you compare it to its the other shows that are there, including yeah. my favorite Supernatural, oh. there is like no person yeah. of color in that show at all, yeah. ever, yeah. in any season yeah, I, out of thirteen. Yeah, Kate, I'm actually really glad that you brought up Rachel Gould because, you know, the representation is overall like extraordinary, you know, with the variety of black and brown characters that the shows have. But one area in which I think it, you know, for me as a Kurdish man whose family is from the Middle East, from Iraqi Kurdistan, um, you know, it's like it's still disappointing in so much media not to have like Middle Eastern representation to see hell, Arab representation, I'm Kurdish, which is related to Persian, like we're technically a Persian people, but 
and that's distinct from Arab, but still I would love to see a real Arab actor because that, that's at least from the region my family hails from. Um, I am happy to note that in season three of Legends of Tomorrow, they will be introducing a an Iranian Muslim character. Oh, wow. uh, as one I didn't of the, know that. Yeah. Yeah, as one of the uh, members of the team. Um, oh, nice! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think uh, uh, so. Um, the character is going to be called something else in the show because of politics, or sorry, because of geopolitics in the world. In the original comics, this character's name is Isis. Yeah, so, so obviously they're not going to call her that in the show. They're calling her something else. Is she not which, the god? Thank, uh, I don't know, but anyway, so thank God they're not calling. Thank God they're not calling her ISIS uh, because that would be terrible. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing them like introduce that character on Legends, and I'm very grateful for that. But that still is like one particular area where I think so much of TV and media can do better, and just to have that Middle Eastern representation as well, and not just portray people from that region of the world as terrorists. Yeah, and I think also too, I think other than Nissa, who's half a, who is half Asian, and uh, Tatsu. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's that yeah. much Asian representation either. But I think yes. overall, compare like I, I I'm not saying we should accept scraps like by any means, but mm -hmm. this is progress specifically for a universe that's so expansive, and I think that that is something to celebrate. Totally. Specifically with getting a brown dude. Renee's awesome. <laughs> I've loved that actor since Coach Carter. Save! Oh my God. Okay, uh, so we'll move on to relationships. We, we like I said, we've covered a lot of this uh, throughout the episode, but just want to hit on it um, a little bit, just because it's it's comic books. So what's at the heart of comic books? It's usually family, love, and then hero and villain dynamics. So we won't really talk too much about like the the love relationships. I think we've hit it really hard with Elicity and then West Allen. We all know who which one's better. I think. Um, Legends of Tomorrow has some love relationships. We, we, we mentioned it with Ray and Kendra. I think that one's kind of like fake because like I don't think she ever really loved Ray, which is very sad for Ray because like yeah. Ray was like, "Hey man, I love this, you." This was legit. I, yeah. Ray Palmer, uh, is the most unfortunate, tragic person, where he always ends up with loving somebody that unfortunately Destiny said you're not. It's, it's a, that was just terrible. That whole arc of the Hawks was terrible. Yeah. It was. I agree. It was so forced. I mean, what would have been better would be for Kendra, like spoilers for end of season one of Legends, what would have been better is for Kendra to say, no, I'm not going to go with Destiny. No, I'm going to like, you know, make my own Destiny. I'm going to like choose who I love, but because that's what happened in Justice League. Yeah, like, just, yeah. like, which was great. The Shaira is awesome. She's bad. She got with Green Lantern in the end. I was about to say, yeah. having Hot Girl show up in Flash got me stupidly excited and hoping mm -hmm. that they would make John Diggle John Stewart or yeah. bring John oh. Stewart in the universe somehow because they have yeah, Hot Girl. And I'm, yeah. I'm still pissed that Diggle isn't me John too. Stewart, by the way. Yeah, like, uh, I'm not like pissed about that necessarily, but what I am pissed about is that um, you cast, like, like I, I mentioned earlier about how uh, the Hawks, in, the Thanagarians in Justice League were Hispanic and they cast an actress of color. Um, see, uh, see, what, forget her name, uh, damn. But I think she might be like half black, half Hispanic or yeah, like- sure. half... I, I think I think she's Afro-Latina. 
Yeah, she's Afro-Latina, which is awesome. When I saw that casting, I was like, yes, they are doing what they did in the original Justice League cartoon and like they're going to like move forward with this. But her character arc ended up being a dud. It was like, I'm a barista. I don't know how to like do anything better with this. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to do anything. And I'm just going to like lapse into what Destiny has in store for me. And it's just like a crappy arc. I'm so oh, yeah. I also just want Haircut to find somebody who loves him as much as he loves them. I know. Right. I, love him. I, also, I also want Ray to stop messing stuff up whenever they go back in time. Yes. Uh, that's, a, that's a different uh, argument for something else. Uh, so we've talked a lot about family as well. I mean, you know, Thea and, and Oliver, our brother and sister, their parents are dead. You know, that, like I said, it's really dark you know, for Oliver to live. Um, his dad shot himself in the face. Like it's it's really in front of him, and then his mother yeah. is stabbed with a sword while him and Theo of... watch. Yeah, oh, it's, it's 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 dark. Pretty dark. And then you get the stuff with Renee um, this past season with Renee and his daughter. Uh, so there's this, and then of course you have the the Lances with poor 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 daddy lance just gets yeah. his heart ripped out every season it seems like oh, God. yeah i don't know how he's they wonder alive. how he wasn't an alcoholic yeah. Like. yeah i will say this though and this is just like my personal thing i respect people who have children and know when they're not fit to take care of them and so it really mm-hmm. pissed me off when daddy lance like just brought his daughter brought renee's daughter to be in front of him like i know that that was supposed to be a heartwarming moment but i also know like hey you know that renee's a vigilante now and you know that something happened to make renee realize he can't have his daughter maybe you should respect his choices instead of forcing this on him and working out your like sadness and grief for your daughters on him but i I can understand how it's like, oh, happy, happy too. But I was just, I, I, it just really made me mad. It like, it made me like probably mm. more mad than it should have. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take some happy and arrow. Give me some. Uh, and and Flash, it's yeah. definitely more about Joe West, Iris West, and and Barry, which is kind of weird. It's like a little. It's like it's like kind of like growing up with your sister and then like you're dating her and getting married. Yeah, that's part yeah. weird. So I, I like the Joe West and Barry dynamic just because, like, he even though Barry has a dad in that universe, like who's in jail, he still sees Joe as his dad, um, and I think it's beautiful. Which, like, what made me upset is so not only do they Joe and Barry get actual Barry's actual dad out of prison, he then basically mm-hmm. runs off because he doesn't want to be by Barry. And I was like, that is a shitty yeah. thing no, to I mean, do. It, it's, it's, so, it's, you go Joe he West. May, he may have been his father, but Joe West is his daddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was so... Like, so I'm like, sorry, that, that was well, awful. I, know. He, I don't care that guy's gone, <laughs> as long as Joe doesn't leave. Whenever, I think Joe's going to die every single season, and I just hope he doesn't, because I think it he's a great It makes my dad. heart hurt, because I love Joe so much. Because he doesn't give a Joe crap. Too. He doesn't give a crap that Barry isn't his. He's his, damn it. And yeah. it just makes my heart just like, oh, I love you, yeah. Joe. Um, and that's why and I like that Barry accepted that. Joe. Yeah. Because yeah. his dad left him. Again, after he broke him out of prison. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Iris and her, and her mom. That whole storyline was yeah. um, a little crazy. 
Uh, Cisco and in, in Cisco and his brother, I, didn't like I think, that. is is oh. heart wrenching. So basically, he bl- <laughs> it's heart wrenching and it's sad. But the problem I have with this is basically Cisco spends mm. half the season blaming Barry, which is fine because he makes things. But he makes yeah. this huge deal out of it out of somebody that you saw like once yeah. every ten years. Like, come yeah, on, I agree, he yeah. was out here fighting yeah. for you, saving your life, and he I made agree. a mistake. It sucks. You punish him, but not the whole season. When you see this guy, like he, th- his brother yeah. was a dick to him. His brother like hated him half the time. Like, I think I only like let, feel let, bad because I really love the actor that played his brother. That's mm-hmm. like the only reason. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's just like like Matt. I understand that. You see, the thing is, like we can understand why Cisco would be upset with someone whose actions resulted in the death of a family member, even if they were estranged. It's still a family member. But you're right in that again. Goes back to execution. We barely spent any time with Cisco's brother, and, and when we did spend time with Cisco's brother, he was a dick. Like yeah. he wasn't likable. <laughs> he just like made fun of Cisco all the time. And like the fact that again, the fact that you had Cisco like constantly blaming Barry through something that Barry didn't know was going to yeah. happen. That was like yes, it, yes, Barry was being reckless, but it's like a the most distant butterfly effect for this sort of thing to happen. And it just didn't make sense for the character of Cisco himself as logical a person he would be and to yes. be blaming Barry like that was just a, one of the several failings of the flash season three. Yeah. Again, so, still, I really love the show. I admit that it's not that good. Yeah, no, so that's what bugged me, too, was, like, even I think the last time they did meet and they kind of reconciled was only because, basically, Cisco's brother nearly got them both killed. Yeah, then Cisco had to tell Snart that yep. that Barry was the yeah, Flash. Yeah, he sells out Barry for some... And it was just Which like, I thought that that was going to be uh, where, where Cisco was like, oh, okay, I get it, maybe I shouldn't be that mad, because they actually point out to him, you gave away Barry's identity to save your brother. Like, yeah, we all do stupid things for family members. <laughs> yeah. like, His brother yeah. finally got him killed, yeah. never talked to him, and yeah. he finally did basically used him to try to help him. Yeah, but like, I do want to go back to, like, back to, like, I guess for me, my problem with it, and I guess it's just because, like, my concept of family, like, it's never been that, like, blood makes family and you have to support your blood no matter what. Like, I don't believe mm-hmm. that at all. I think Team Flash is a family, and I think that, like, the fact that, like, Cisco and Caitlin and, you know, all the ad- different adopted Wellses are a unit and they're a family. Yeah. And Joe is the daddy of that entire unit. And, like, he brings that yeah. wisdom and that love and that support. And I also really love that, like, yeah, secrets are throughout the entire, like, CW-verse. But I think the way they get handled on The Flash, with the exception of Cisco is better than the way they happen on Arrow because a lot of the times on Flash, they work through them and it doesn't necessarily make, like, we're not going to have an entire season where somebody goes off the train with assassins to now kill everybody because you, like, didn't right. tell them something. Like, that to me right. makes no sense, Thea. So... <laughs> and, and I just want to jump in and say another wonderful example of family is what we see on Supergirl between Kara and her adopted sister, Alex, and the things they have to go through together and trying to adjust with one another through childhood and then, like, having this really strong sisterhood and constantly having each other's backs throughout and seeing how sisters would really interact is, like, really wonderful to see. And 
Then the fact that you got Martian Manhunter in there, who's basically their space dad, who yeah. th- this, is borrowing a ter- this is borrowing a term from my friend Carly Lane, who's the host of one of the hosts of Supergold Radio, another DC TV podcast. Like, yeah, uh, John Jones is the space dad. He's always supportive and their unit of uh, trying to take down crime in a national city. And again, it goes back to what you're saying, Kate, blood does not make family. Which leads into the Legends family dynamic. Yeah, which leads into the Legends family dynamic, which is the people on your ship are your family, and you're going to go to war for those people, and you're going to fight for them, and you're going to save them, and you're going to be awesome. Even better would be Mick and Rory, even when they used that whole season one. Mick, uh, Rory and Snart? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, Rory and Snart are brothers. Like, I don't care what anybody says. That was was heart-wrenching, guys. I, I cried really hard. So. Uh, yeah, so I think we talked a lot on family for all the shows. Um, one thing I do want to mention quickly as it relates to relationships is we really haven't talked too much about the villains in any of these shows. We focus really, really hard on the heroes. But I think the villain hero dynamics in these shows, at least um, primarily, I would say for Arrow compared to the Flash, because the Flash has different kind of like hero dynamics. But the Arrow, like any, I'm faster than you. No, I'm faster than yeah, you. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but Arrow kind of has like some pretty like deep cut villains. Like you have Slade, Malcolm Merlin, um, Ray Al Ghul for um, some extent, and then Adrian Chase in this last season. Like those are tough decisions, and I can kind of see why it's hard for Oliver, like why he would struggle to, like to kill some of these people. Because, you know, one of them, he's, like, known forever. You know, one of them, like, he helped. He, the only reason he survived on an island was because of one of these characters. Adrian Chase was, like, his his district uh, district attorney for so long. So, like, it's... And it uh, happened directly from what he did. Yeah. So, it's, it, it's yeah. crazy stuff that I think makes... For all of, like, the shortcomings that we mentioned, like, in Arrow, I think the villains in Arrow are pretty good. Except for Damien Dark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone agrees or disagrees with that, but I like the I, villains I in Arrow. I agree. Yeah. I think they're complicated villains, which is good because there are some times yeah, where saying, I yeah. found myself like kind of like, well, I mean, not Merlin in the Undertaking. Like, I didn't root for like Undertaking Merlin, but there are times where he yeah. pops back up where I'm like, no, nah, I can totally get behind what you're doing, Merlin. Like, I, can I was full fledged Adrian Chase for a while until he basically went psychopath Adrian Chase, and then his logic became very flawed. So you mean when he switched from Prometheus to Adrian Chase? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's that's season five, and yeah. obviously some of us have not watched it because it's, you know, very deep cuts. Mm. But Adrian Chase is really good, and I, I like that character. Like, it's it's good development. And what do I like development? Um, Slate is fl- really good, though, too. Slate is amazing. He's I, awesome. And I was I really, really like Slate. in everything. Yeah. Like, this is, it's one of those things where some of these characters are so good that I wish they, like, DC would just make, like, pick them up and put them into their cinematic universe. Like, if, I don't want anyone other than Slade than the Slade we got in CW-verse. I don't want any other Barry Allen other than this Barry Allen. Uh which is like a different point we can get to a little bit later when we talk about world building. But the Flash itself, the Flash comics have lots of side villains. So, of course, the Flash is going to be filled with... The Rose uh, Gallery. Yeah, the Rose Gallery. And then just all of these like obscure villains that I had to like go Google sometimes. Because like, who, <laughs> who, who is that? And then you get Mark Hamill cameos, which is always great. Um, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah. So good. I'm your but daddy. they do... 
but like <laughs> the, the main like <laughs> so like uh, Edward Thon as a reverse flash, like that whole you know mind mind f it, it was crazy zoom um, and then. I would say for season one, Flash is definitely their best, like their their best. Yeah, of course. And like the like, uh, I guess story, the twists and turns made sense, and it kept you guessing the entire time. Yeah, and I, I agree with your point that you made earlier about about Zoom, like the reveal kind of being dumb. But I remember watching that season, and then just all of like the talk throughout it of like who is Zoom. Um, well, I think it was like one of my favorite parts of following, you know, episode by episode, because just the theories and like, oh, well, this person was in this scene, but not in this scene, which is why I was really hoping it was going to be Patty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you had the whole Savitar arc in this last season, which I don't know how you, how you felt about that, Sora. The Savitar thing. Okay. Um, so I, when they initially explained it, when Barry, so again, spoilers for Flash season three. Turns out that Savitar is an alternate version, or time no, remnant. a time remnant. It's confused. Yeah, a time <laughs> remnant of Barry that was ostracized by his friends and family after the quote real Barry died. Which why would they ostracize him? I don't understand. That didn't make sense. Basically, um, when they first showed. Barry Savitar reveal himself and explain to present day Barry why he did what he did and how he got there. I was just watching it and thinking, huh? Like it didn't make any sense. It was overly wrought. It was complicated. It was just trying, just trying to give the audience like an explanation for what was going on. And that particular part honestly was lowest point of the flash for me again the flash is still my favorite tv show but i'll recognize its flaws and it just seemed like i don't know how you're trying to jam this in right now but later when we saw um savitar barry interact with other characters and talk about the emotional stakes that he was going through that's what really hooked me into that that was you see it's, I think like a recurring theme throughout all of this is that you need a balance of logic and good acting and good scripts in these shows because, you know, they say, for example, a really good actor can sell a bad script. I say and that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, um, you know, you need a balance of these various elements to make something that's really compelling and that the audience will take in. And... I feel like, you know, because this is such a big TV universe with so many different characters and so many different arcs going around, it can be very difficult to keep track of. And some, you know, the re I still love this universe so much because you still have so many amazing highs and you've got a couple of lows, but as a whole, it's just still like really compelling and more than the sum of its parts, even the parts I don't like, like Arrow, for example. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I I think that the fact that Eobard Thawne is used in multiple places, and he I, I think he's a really good villain from Flash, mm -hmm. but I Agreed. definitely think I, I think he's the best Savitar, villain, totally. Savitar was weird. I mean, Matt, we, we just finished watching yeah. The Flash like, right before this. I don't know. What did you think about Savitar? I thought he looked cool. I like the suit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wish they would explain how Barry got half a face yes! out of all that. 
How did your face turn to thin crust pizza? Because that would have kind of given me at least some more, kind of like how uh, Suara was saying, how, like, why did they shun you or something, I guess? You know, like, what happened exactly? I didn't really get yeah. that whole first part. Um, they shunned yeah. him because he was ugly? I didn't get Caitlyn <laughs> falling, in, falling in line behind him immediately. That was weird. Oh, yeah. my God. That was weird. But I honestly think that's why weird. when I first brought up Caitlyn, I was like, meh. Because I, I just really like don't how? like season three. Man, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like season three, Caitlin. Yeah, me either. Um, for Legend of Tomorrow, you kind of have some of the main. Well, you have the main villain. Some of the main villains that were basically defeated in the other shows in it. Um, so you you have just lasting uh, dynamics like Damian Dark killed uh, killed Laura Lance. So obviously, like there's hate there and stuff like that. Um, but I think what Legends of Tomorrow does as a uh, time travel show is that when they're fighting these villains, they have to think about like time continuum ramifications, which sometimes just gets a little confusing for me. Like that, that stuff, yeah, like that was a little bit more confusing to me sometimes than like time remembrance. Um, because like they don't follow the same rules and stuff sometimes, but they have to think, like, do you do you change time to save people or do you leave it the same to follow? Do you change your own future to undo bad things? Like, uh, so do you undo the creation of your daughter? You know, in in the in this case of Doctor Stein, like while they were going back in time and following the Legion. So, I think I think it just presents <laughs> different morality questions than we get in like, do I kill or do I not kill? That you get more in like Flash and Arrow, um, which I think is good because you either. Do, where I think is a good transition into our morality part. Uh, Kate, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I know you had some some good points on it. Yeah, so I think for me, like overall, and this ties into every single, um, this ties into every single one of the different shows in the CW verse. And I think it also, um, for, for the big, the biggest part for me is like all these things take into account, like whether or not are that, are the legends in the, in and of themselves, the bad guys sometimes by making changes and making these aberrations of, which oddly enough, I think I just love this show so much that I've worked really hard at understanding the time, the time quakes and the time aberrations and how that works. Um, it is yeah. still really convoluted, but like, I, I really love, yeah. I really love time travel shows. So I really love this. Yeah, um, when I say when I say I don't understand, I don't understand it as it relates to Flash because like yes, they're they're they how the come there's no force. time quakes in the seat? Is it because is it just like because Speed Force? Well, no, it's because they're 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 in the time rift, so like they're actually in like the time slurry. So when time changes, it like they feel it in the time area, like they're but so yeah. and Barry doesn't create time quakes because Speed Force. Yeah, well, because he's in the Speed Force, like the time rift is what right. they use to travel through time. Speedsters rewrite everything and start an entirely new timeline. Whereas, at least from what I understand it, the Time Masters and stuff, they work on the linear area of time. Like, they don't work within the other universes, the parallels, the multiverse, or any of these alternate things that the Speedsters do. I just um, want Time Ghost to come kill. I just want them to fight Time Ghost. That would be like awesome. I do in the Flash. That would be but yeah, awesome. sorry. I, uh, yeah. Morality. Yeah. <laughs> The whole morality thing, I think one of the main things that comes up in all of them is the needs of the many versus the needs of the few. So do you sh do you actually kill somebody to save a whole bunch of people or do you stay, like, stay with your moral, um, on your moral compass to not kill? And I think that this also 
for the legends, I think they feel it a lot more too because they're actively in these situations where they know what's going to happen at the end of this so if in season two you have the storyline where um jackson goes back to the civil war and he has to see slaves it, the first time he sees it and he sees the atrocities that this one of them is going like that she's going through he has to say hey we can't interfere this is like we have to stay on the plan to save the united states and to make sure the confederacy doesn't win but then he has a second moment where he's like no we have to free them i absolutely cannot deal with the pain and the horror of what i've seen them go through and so for them like it's really tricky to balance the needs of the many and the needs of the few when you're actually yeah. living knowing what's going to happen at the end of that um and knowing that you can yeah, have something that, that you can have an immediate effect um, which is also why I don't take issue with Felicity nuking a town because it was a smaller town than the other town. Um, but, and it's also like, when is killing acceptable is another one. And whether or not killing somebody makes you a hero, makes you a hero or automatically makes you a villain. Um, this has to do a little bit with the Flash because he's absolutely no kill policy, which is a mm -hmm. really big problem because he shows mercy to the wrong people. Um, and it usually comes back to bite him in the butt. Um, but it's probably more prevalent in Arrow because Arrow does transition from going on a murderous rampage, killing all the bad people in Star City, yeah. to not doing that, to then doing it in extreme cases. And when people find out that he was a killer, because apparently you're not able to put the hood and the green arrow together, even though they're wearing the exact same freaking costume, you're, you know, you automatically say that he's a serial killer and see him as something bad. Like this idea of what killing is acceptable, it makes you as an audience think through these moral questions as well as the characters in the show. Um, and ultimately th this leads to Oliver and Barry being diametrically opposed to each other. Like they're, they're not the same. And like, I think Matt, like you probably have the best, like you, what? like you always have the best explanation for that, like from their first crossover. Oh, just because the first crossover when basically Barry shows up in, uh, I can't remember the thing, Star City? Yeah, because when they go to Central City, it's a lighthearted thing, and Oliver's like, oh, oh. And it's when the first time that Barry comes to Star City in the crossover, which he learns when Oliver's like, the world's not great, people die, and basically shows him that this is a dark side of, like, what everything happens, and Barry's mind just seems to get blown by this fascination of, like, oh, this happens, and this bad things happen? Yeah, because like it's also really important to know that the villains that we like that we were talking about in Flash, they're robbing stuff a lot of the time, and yeah. like every now yeah. and then they kill. Mm -hmm. Whereas like arrows is like people killing many many other people in the city Watching or nukes. selling drugs. <laughs> so yeah. his is it's a lot darker and it's a lot. He has to deal with a different set of circumstances than Barry does. So it's a lot easier for Barry not to kill. Well, I'll just like uh, harken back to what Kate was talking about um, with um, uh, Jax's episode um, during the Civil War. I thought that was absolutely extraordinary. I thought the way they delicately handled the situation, he and the legends, he and Amaya particularly were in. And um, it, it totally goes to your theme of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and how the legends actions in that moment will affect the rest of the time stream but they need to do what's right and free the slaves which spoiler alert they do in that episode which is 
amazingly compelling and heart-wrenching and to see what they go through it's also the one with the zombies <laughs> like you know like they put in some fun as well as in such a dramatic and uh, compelling episode i think it's i think it's one of legend's best episodes overall and yeah like uh barry has to go through that too when he's constantly mucking up the timeline through his recklessness and he has to learn from his mistakes which something i really appreciate barry for again he's still my favorite character throughout while i acknowledge his flaws i feel that he's very relatable and to be honest what would we do if he we were in his situation and we had the opportunity to go back in time and save our parents if they had been murdered you know it's um even though they do have flaws sometimes they're annoying flaws they're still relatable flaws and that's what makes them such compelling characters and relating relates back that relates back to the theme of morality throughout all of these shows which is really great i think season two harry does a pretty good job of this because basically mm -hmm. he's sent there and as much as he wants to do good and he actually is a good character he basically knows that zoom has his daughter and he basically has to make a choice to save his daughter while trying to, one, help the team slash derail the team the entire season until they finally realize that I didn't want to do this, but I want my daughter. Yeah. And as much as you guys right. knew the other one, like, I don't know who you people are, and this person cares about me. But she actually murders, I think, three people in that oh, yeah. season to make a serum to drain his uh, yeah. stuff. Yep. And no one cares. <laughs> Well, I think why he's my favorite character, because, I mean, as bad as yeah. it is, he does make, out of all the characters, he seems to be the one person that makes the most logical decision throughout the entire... He makes the, the entire, hard calls. Out of, throughout yeah. the whole entire, all the seasons. Like, there's so much, what drives me crazy, and I don't know whether it's just because of the seat, as I call it, CW, and he shows up, as Suara talked about soap opera and things, some of the logic, as much as we go with the morality, mm -hmm. even the logic of morality for a lot of these characters, even main characters such as Oliver... Or I think even Barry sometimes just totally just like becomes absent-minded, and it really hurts me in the Flash because they're all like genius scientists a lot. And when it comes to like I can develop technology right. to jump planets through multiverses and parallel universes, but I can't come up with a logical like Cisco of like oh Barry destroyed my entire family for somebody I saw once every ten years, and it was just mm. I yeah. for people that are that logical and smart, and for the way they think to do a lot of the stuff they do to fail on such certain levels kind of just bugs me a lot. It's an emotional level versus like a logical level though. Yeah, I but I mean, I, I can yeah. see why it'd be a failing. Well, it's a failing, but most time, at least in that case of being that smart, I'm assuming at least you're emotional, which obviously as Harrison well pro proved throughout a lot of the seasons, yeah. whatever he is, a lot of the motion should just get wiped out at a point. Yeah. I mean, you're at this point where you're jumping. I don't know. I just don't see how you can make, tough calls and have to go and make these devices and do as much stuff as you're able to do and see everything as smart as they are, but fail to an emotional side I so think, fast. So I quickly. think that that's why team arrow team flash and team legends. Like I think they all need to have somebody on there who is willing to make that really tough call of doing the thing that doesn't feel right emotionally, but what is right in the end, you know, Rip does that for all of season one of legends and people get mad at him for it, but he's like, I don't care. Granted, he is being driven by the want to save his wife, which is also wrong. Um, but he is able to make those tough calls. And I think whereas Oliver is quick to choose the most extreme version in those tough calls, I think Diggle 
mostly balances him out in those situations. Um, like I think the I think the bromance between Oliver and Diggle is one for the ages and one that's needed to round Oliver out um, like completely when it comes to making these decisions, especially when they are fighting. Um, and I also just don't have a problem with killing people when they need to be killed, which is why I have a big problem with the love wins everything. We're going to invite Evilberry into our lair after he tried to kill us all and offer to help him. No, put a bullet in his head. So, he's, yeah. he's, too, he's too fast. He would catch it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think all that conversation um, just kind of shows how each, not like each show handles it, but like even how down to like how um, each character handles it in each of the shows. Uh, it provides a really good inclusive universe of there's no black and white. I don't think any of the characters really see it that way. They're all going to be presented with something where they're going to have to make a, make a tough choice at, at some point, which I think is really great and why this show is so great. So as my nice. final but why, though, and kind of my wrapping it back around to the end is just this world is done just so well that I really does. I really do think it's a template for if any, not even just comic book, but like if any series wants to make a multi-show series uh, that is all interconnected, I think they do a really, really good job of it. Um, I'm not sure if it's because it's separated from the cinematic universe so they can kind of just do it whatever they want and they're not beholden on what's going to happen like in the next movie. I don't know if that has anything to do with it because you do have that issue of them killing off all the Suicide Squad members. But I would say that I like the CW-verse more than I like the Marvel Netflix universe um, for a lot of the reasons right. that we talked about, a lot of the reasons why we talked about today. And their crossovers are really good. You've heard us talk about the crossovers multiple times because there are lots of crossovers. And I think they do it really well. Um, this universe is, you know, it has lots of rep rep representation, even though it does need more. Um, there are tough questions to be asked. It's entertaining. It generates conversation. At the end of the day, I think that's what you want these, these shows to do. You want someone to spend two hours on a podcast talking about who they <laughs> liked and who they didn't like. It's not just one note. You know, there's different differences of opinions. And I think that's just what makes really, really good shows. Um, so that's it for me. I think that's my overall but why, though. And I really enjoyed this episode. And I hope we get to talk more about stuff like this where we all have differences of opinions because it makes our it makes the best conversations for why pop culture matters, in my opinion. Well said. Uh, final thoughts for CW Verse. Um, I really enjoy it. I haven't still need to watch, I guess, Legends of Tomorrow season two. Haven't caught up to that. I was kinda I guess sidetracked with other stuff while I'm so far behind all that stuff. As far as setting up for the, I guess in the cinematic universe, I think it totally, I like it way better than DC cinematic universe. There's the fact that they made them separate really bugs me. And I think it causes a lot of disconnects. And then obviously Arrow spent basically a season and a half having to kill off all the characters just because of this separate uh, stuff. And then as far as versus the Marvel Netflix, that's a tough one because I guess it depends on seasons because obviously Marvel only has a some I mean Daredevil's had what's two seasons and they're the like the most yeah whereas like Arrow's on season five just finished season five about to start season six so I wish I'd get a few more seasons under Marvel to see and obviously the episode count wise because you know 23 episodes versus 13 per season with the exception of Legends who gets just pushed to the side with 17 episodes yeah 
but I like I like the I like how they do connect them all together and all the crossovers are very well. Even though I was very disappointed in the invasion because at least from the invasion storyline, I know Batman's a big part of that, which obviously they can't bring in. And the Flashpoint ended up being a lot different than the Flashpoint that I know of or that I thought Wayne. with Thomas Wayne. So I guess the hard part with the CW verse that bugs me as much as I like it is some of the characters and some of the stories are using they're just missing and they're lacking in that part. And so it's hard to hard to fully connect when I know I'm like, um, this is not what I'm used to. But I think for what they've been able to work with, I think they've done a really good job. And I think Arrow really redeemed itself, at least for season five. And I'm actually really excited considering the way it finished. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think my biggest gripe with Arrow, with not just Arrow, but like, uh, with Arrow, because it has the most, the, the most seasons and it has the most women. Flash doesn't have that many women on the show at all. Um, uh, they like the, that has always been my contention with the CW verse is because I want there to be so much more, and I feel like they really drop a ball with some of the people they try to bring into the spotlight. But I think season five, Arrow, season three, Flash, and season two, Legends like, I think it really shows that they're starting to put more into their side characters and start to build out a lot of the people that they've that they've let kind of fall to the wayside. So I'm hoping we get more of that, um, because. In season five, Arrow, you actually you're, you're learning about the characters that Oliver has let onto the team more so than you would have in other in in other seasons, which is really important to me because I want to care about them just as much if they're going to be on the screen, um, like Oliver. Um, but I think overall, it definitely sets a standard. I mean, it's not the first comic book TV show. Um, Matt and I had this uh, talk in the car. Like I had said, well. Smallville is what makes CW-verse happen, but I think Smallville is the reason that you can have the CW-verse, not because it's a superhero show, but because CW was the network that had, that had already done it. So CW is the platform for this because they've already been successful at it once before. Um, and so I think that's why they were able to invest in these other characters and make a universe also because CW greenlights everything. So if you're gonna build a big universe, it's gonna be on theirs. Um, not to not greenlight Constantine. They didn't greenlight Constantine. Um, I would give up the whole CW verse for Constantine though, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's really good. I think it sets a standard. Um, like Adrian said, I think that it, it, it should definitely be emulated. Um, I think compared to Marvel's television series type things it definitely blows it out of the water um the netflix universe i think it's too different for me to compare the two oh uh, and i just don't like i feel like when i tune into the cw verse i'm wanting something very different than when i tune into the marvel netflix universe but screw the dceu and warner brothers for ruining arrow for two seasons <laughs> that's that's what I'm gonna end it on. What about you, Suara? Give us that this theme of hope to finish this show out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay because literally that's what I love so much about this universe. It's optimistic. It's hopeful. It inspires people to do good in the face of dire circumstances, and it's got such great, lively, wonderful characters and various different types of characters from various different backgrounds who interact and who in many ways, I feel like act as a hyper, uh, hyper focused sense of real life of how people may act in the real world. And um, 
in terms of comparing it to other uh, comic book universes, I'm very glad that it is not like with the DCEU or with DC films because this allows it to have better and more freedom and better storytelling overall. I think that it does the best. And I, you know, at one point early on in the flash, I was like, Oh, I really want, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman and Batman to be in this universe. You know, I really want, you know, DC to just like go of that. But then I realized, you know what? I like these characters better than most of those characters, except Wonder Woman. Um, the thing is, we still have Supergirl, whom I've always loved more than Superman, and we even have Superman in Supergirl, yes. which is great. And I really love that. And I really love that interpretation of the character. And I can't wait to see Lois Lane on there, you know, come in and out. But anyway, um, I actually do like it be better than Marvel Netflix. Um, I actually think that Marvel TV shows have suffered from being too connect from being in the same universe as the films. I don't think that they've really reaped any benefits of that, to be perfectly frank. I think that it would have been just better to maybe, they are essentially, in my opinion, separate universes because they never really acknowledge each other. And from what I've heard, even the studio people in the Marvel films and Marvel TV don't even really like each other. That's something I've heard, <laughs> funnily enough. But anyway, um, I think that like, going back to what I was saying, uh, it's really that Marvel TV doesn't have that freedom of storytelling that DC TV does. And the thing is with DC, you've got the multiverse and that allows for, you know, various interpretations of all of these characters. So, you know, it's a very simple thing to have Ezra Miller's flash and um, Grant Gustin's flash existing, you know, on TV and film basically. And uh, yeah, but I love this. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, I'm so that's kind of a that. bummer. <laughs> oh no, that oh no, that's fair. Um, because I thought that was stupid. I love the Suicide Squad. They had an Arrow. Maybe they would have kept me watching Arrow if they had it. I don't know. But um, yeah, still, I overall love this universe. I think it has amazing storytelling, and you know, I think everyone needs to check out at least one or two of these shows because I think they'll really get hooked. It's really great. I mean, if we're if we're a good sounding board for this, like Matt said earlier on, we're all in completely different parts of the spectrum of what we like in our entertainment. So there's there's something out there for you if you're watching this. Totally. Yeah. So uh, Suara, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and go a little bit deeper into that? Plug away, please. <laughs> yeah, so you can find me online on Twitter at SuaraSaleh1. You can find my podcast, Beltway Banthas, which covers the intersection between politics and Star Wars, um, at Beltway Banthas on Twitter. And subscribe to us on iTunes if you're interested in uh, discussion of the political parallels within Star Wars and the real world or um, viewing politics through the lens of Star Wars. You know, we cover all of that. Just find us on iTunes through the name Beltway Banthas. You can follow my co-host, Stephen Kent, on Twitter at Stephen underscore Kent 89. That's Stephen with a PH. Um, you can, I'm also a new contributor to the DC TV podcast network. I'm going to be writing, uh, some articles for them, like throughout the season, uh, relating to the flash Supergirl and legends. And, um, you need to, ch those shows include the flash podcast, Supergirl radio legends of tomorrow podcast, and, uh, classic DC TV and quiver, the green arrow podcast. They're all really fantastic shows. Y'all should check them out. 
And uh, one more plug, I've got something else relating to Star Wars, a Facebook group uh, called Sounds from a Galaxy Far, Far Away, where we discuss everything in the realm of Star Wars and music, John Williams, Michael Giacchino, and everything else. And if you're interested in joining, just send a member request and I'll accept you. So yeah, those are all my plugs. And I will include a very detailed list of everything in the show notes for this podcast and in our About Our Guests tab on our website. Um, so make sure you follow Suara. If you love us, you'll do it. And if you don't love us, you might love him more. So follow him. Um, as always, you can find me at Oh My Mithrandir on Instagram and Twitter. Adrian? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. And the next time I guess you hear from me, I'll, I'll have my Star Wars wedding. So fun times. Yay. And we'll be posting pictures of that. Yeah, so be sure to follow me on social media for all those great pictures. It's going to be lots of fun. If you weren't so far away, so far away, I'd invite you, but, you know, time zones. That's why we have time travel. You can find me on Twitter at datm18, D-A-T-T-M-1-8. Yep. And, uh, Suara, what music do you want us to exit the show with? The Flash TV show theme, totally. <laughs> Flash Gordon? Flash! Ha 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 